0: This is Ray Martinez. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about understanding hell according to what Jesus taught about. Now that's a tough topic and you think, well, hell is hell. What's there to understand? Well, it's a little bit more intense than that. Uh, Jesus often spoke about the reality of hell and described it as a place of eternal punishment and separation from God. In Matthew 25 verse 41, which is our reading today, Jesus says that those who do not follow him will be sent to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So you're going to be joining the best of them, hopefully not, but the devils and the angels are all going to go in that same place, right? So in this podcast, we're going to explore what Jesus says about hell and its implications for our lives. First, let's talk about the nature of hell. According to Jesus, hell is a place of eternal punishment and torment. In Matthew 25 verse 46, Jesus says that the punishment of the wicked is eternal punishment. That means forever. It's not just for 90 days or two years or something like that. It says eternal. In Mark 9:48, he describes hell as a place where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus also speaks of hell as a place of darkness in separation from God in Matthew 8:12, and also in chapter 22, verse 13. Now I know it kind of threw you off when it says their worm does not die. In Jerusalem, uh, their ancient garbage dump, a place called Gehenna was illustrative of the ceaseless agonies of hell. This dump was the south side of Jerusalem in the Old Testament times. Children had been sacrificed to idols there. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 10. In Jesus day, it was a place of burning with constant fires to consume the waste that was thrown there. The material burned there included everything from household trash to animal carcasses to convicted criminals. Take a look at Jeremiah 7 verse 31 through 33. Needless to say, the Jews consider Gehenna a cursed place of impurity and uncleanliness. The word translated hell in Mark 9:43 is the Greek word Gehenna, which comes from the Hebrew name for a place called the Valley of Henan. Jesus uses this place to point a vivid image of what hell is like. The Jewish people often associate the Valley of Hinnom with spiritual death. In Mark 9:48, when Jesus says, where their worms does not die and their fire is not quenched, in the English Standard Version, he is quoting from Isaiah 66, verse 24. They will go out and look at the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fires that burns them will not be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. In both texts, the word translated as worm literally means grub or maggot. A maggot would have an obvious association with a dump like Gehenna where the dead bodies are thrown. However, the maggot, Christ speaks of, will not die. Taken at face value, this text is one of the most horrific descriptions of what hell is like. The thought of eternal hell, or eternal torment, likened to a maggot's eating away a rotting corpse is undoubtedly ghastly. Hell is so awful that Christ said, figuratively speaking, it's better to cut off the hand that causes you to sin than to end up in hell, Matthew 5 verse 30. And Mark nine forty-eight, does not mean that there are literal worms in hell or that there are worms that live forever. Rather, Jesus is teaching the fact of unending suffering in hell. The worm never stops causing torment. Notice that the worm is personal. Both Isaiah 66 24 and Mark nine forty-eight use the word there to identify the worm's owner. The sources of torment are attached each to its own host. Some Bible scholars believe that the worm refers to a man's conscience. Those in hell, being completely cut off from God, exist with a nagging, guilty conscience that, like a persistent worm, gnaws away at its victim with a remorse that can never be mitigated. No matter what the word worm refers to, the most important thing to be gained from these words of Christ is that we should do everything in our power to escape the horrors of hell. And there is only one thing to that end. Receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives in John 3, 16. Well, then who goes to hell? Jesus makes it clear that those who reject him and his message will be sent to hell. In Matthew 7, verse 13 through 14, he says that the way to eternal life is narrow and few will find it while the way to destruction is wide and many will enter it. Matthew 25, 41, he says that those who do not follow him will be sent to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now there's an urgency for repentance. Jesus urges his listeners to repent and turn to God in order to avoid the punishment of hell. In Luke thirteen three, he says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. In Matthew four seventeen, he begins his ministry by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus also tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus, in which the rich man begs Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers to repent so that they will not end up in the place of torment. Luke 16 verse 19 through 31. Then there's the role of judgment. Jesus speaks of final judgment in which all people will be judged according to their deeds. In Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46, he describes the separation of the sheep and the goats with the sheep's being rewarded with eternal life and the goats being sent to eternal punishment. In John 5 verse 28 through 29, he says that all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now there's hope of salvation, right? While Jesus speaks often about the reality of hell, He also offered hope and salvation to those who turned to Him. In John 3, 16, and you all know this verse, He says that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. In John 11, verse 25 through 26, He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Acts 17, verse 18, and verses 30 through 32. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, uh, that is, Paul. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? And others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Paul responded and he said, the time of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. So in other words, there's no excuse for ignorance. You can't claim ignorance. I think what's important for us to remember in conclusion, Jesus speaks of hell as a place of eternal punishment and a separation from God from those who reject Him. He urges his listeners to repent and turn to God in order to avoid punishment in hell. However, he also offers hope and salvation to all who believe in Him. This is important. The risk of not believing in Christ is far greater than any risk associated with believing in Him. The consequences of rejecting Christ and choosing to live apart from Him is eternal separation from God in hell. Kenneth Hagin once said, God did not create hell for people. He created it for the devil and his angels. But those who reject God's offer of salvation through Jesus Christ will unfortunately end up there. In a final note, let's keep in mind, Jesus' descent to the underworld is alluded to the New Testament in 1 Peter 4, 6 which states that the good tidings were proclaimed to the dead. The Catechism of the Catholic Church notes Ephesians 4.9, which states that Christ descended into the lower parts of the earth as also supporting this interpretation. When we read 1 Peter 4.6, it says, for this is why the gospel was preached even to the dead, that though judged in the flesh like men, they might live in the spirit like God. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 is important. That is why the scripture says, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives, gave gifts to his people. Notice that he says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to a lower world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. In Revelations 20, verse 14, it's described as a lake of fire. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Christ wanted salvation for all of us. That's why even after his death, he took the keys to hell. He went down there and he preached the gospel to them and so that they could be in heaven with us. So they are all rescued from this horrible death. Christ is the solution to all the pollution that's going on in the world today. Keep that in mind. Avoid being this victim of being tossed into the lake of fire. You don't have to. It's a free choice. You have a solution to the problem. You have a blessed day.